From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We're continuing with Inga Witcher of Around the Farm Table and St. Isidore's Farmstead Creamery as she shares her personal experience working through a major curveball when her barn and new creamery project burned to the ground. Hear a story of resilience, how to care for yourself in the process and the importance of community support in healing and rebuilding even stronger. Inga Witcher is a fourth-generation dairy farmer who owns and operates a small micro-dairy in western Wisconsin, turning the milk from her eight grass-fed cows into a raw milk cheddar at St. Isidore's Farmstead Creamery. Inga is also the co-creator and host of the PBS series, Around the Farm Table, highlighting Midwestern farms and artisan food producers through education and entertainment. We are here again around Inga Witcher's kitchen table, literally, at her farm in Wisconsin. And folks know Inga with many different hats of hosting around the farm table and her dairy and soon you'll be able to buy her cheese here as well and you've got a lot of different things going on and we often talk about on our women farmer programming and things through Moses of just how do you manage things and this idea of resilience and how can we be strong through ups and downs because they're bound to happen especially in farming and even just in the seasonality of it or just the the regular day-to-day trials of it or the days that are cold, right? You don't want to yeah. get up and milk or just that. <laughs> but but then sometimes we get hit with big curveballs. And if our ducks aren't in a row a little bit already, how do we deal with those things? And it's a constant process. And you have been such a pillar of strength in things that have happened to you. And we started talking in the last episode about the fire at the creamery right when you were about to start and here we are and things are rebuilding and and everybody is still here and all but I know it's a big process behind that but if you could take us through a little bit of what happened because again it was a curveball right it Mm -hmm. wasn't you were building the creamery ready to start the cheese making side of things everything was a go yeah life happens yeah yeah and I was really you know at that time at the beginning of November I was thinking I need to start making cheese six months ago to make my farm payments. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was just so much stress. And then I thought it couldn't get any worse. And then we woke up and the whole barn was on fire. It burnt down in uh, 15 minutes. Wow. And I will say this. We had started building inside the or out just outside the barn. This was your old barn. I mean, this is our old barn. barn. Yeah, that had been up for 100 years. And, and I milk cows in there, you know, for as long as I've been here. But I will say this. And ladies, I hope you're paying attention. My father, when I started building, he says, you better make sure that you have insurance on the construction that you're doing. Just call your insurance agent, get insurance on that. I had no idea that was even a thing. So I got insurance on that. Luckily, I did. Or else all the new stuff I was building would never have been covered. 
And obviously, okay. always have insurance on everything. Because no, but that's a you. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, it's just a simple phone call that it's a simple phone call. Things. Yeah, and, and and you know, I couldn't have imagined. I mean, boy, luckily, my dad's been around longer than I do, and he's had that experience. But so we woke up. The whole place was burned to the ground. And Lisa, a few months before, we did an episode of our series about rural fire departments and about celebrating the fact that it's all volunteer folks. And so when we were filming in July, I was joking around with the, we were just down at my neighborhood fire department. And I said, Oh guys, I don't want to see you down at my place anytime soon. And all those guys came <laughs> down <laughs> and I was like, Hey, and they're like, well, thanks. You already made us lunch on sh- the show. So we're, <laughs> we're here, but it was, it was amazing to see in the, like the, my first thought as you're seeing flames come out and it's just, you can't do anything and you can hear the sound is overwhelming and the, the heat is overwhelming. And then you see all these folks coming in that, you know, milk cows down the road, or you've seen them at the grocery store, or, you know, you just, you know them from your community and they're suited up in uh, their, you know, their gear and they're running around, they're working together as a team. And it wasn't just our fire department. It was five different fire departments from our area and they're all working as a team, you know, and you're just seeing this. And I went inside. I was just, of course, I was just sobbing the whole day and one of the guys who I didn't know came up and he said, Hey, uh, your brother called me or your brother called a friend of his. He called me and he said, you might need a place to put your cows. I'll take them over at my farm if you want to. And of course, that I'm just sobbing on this guy. I'm like, poor you. You don't know me. I'm just going to cry on you forever. But it was amazing to see these folks that we all come from different uh, religious backgrounds, different political backgrounds, and everybody came together in that one moment to help us. And it was amazing. And then the community of friends and people I don't, I've never even met before. They said, Hey, we're going to help you through this. You know, here's, here's 20 bucks here. I ran into a guy last summer. I was just walking through the fair and he said, um, you're still rebuilding. And I said, yeah. And he took out 20 bucks and he's like, put this towards the farm. And I was just sobbing. I mean, cause at that point I really hadn't had an income for, I mean, we were living, we didn't have heat for quite a while. And so just having people say, hey, we want to help you. We we want to encourage you to keep going, to keep on living this it's dream. It's beyond the money. Oh, my God. It was just incredible. I mean, just incredible. Just strangers calling up or sending an email and saying, we're thinking about you. And wow, is that a humbling experience and a grounding experience? And so the fire was horrible, but learning all these different lessons out of it. And now I can be positive about it. I wasn't positive for a mm, long time, sure. but now I can look back and say, wow, what a blessing. Uh, but what having a- that community yeah. strength there and a lesson for all of us there is looking at it from your lens. If something tragic happens in one's community, even if you don't know somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> to just reach out. Take and, them a casserole. <laughs> take a casserole, a card or whatever, 20 bucks, whatever you can yeah. do. Can't, six pack of beer, you know, exactly. a case of beer. Uh, but but no, but, but whatever it is, don't don't think twice about it. No, even if you don't know somebody, it will be appreciated. Yeah, it's so appreciated, and it's just it's it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling um, knowing that people uh, are thinking about you, and yeah. So yeah, always reach out. It's and I really think that welcome. Was so interesting what you're saying because perhaps too a blessing of tragedies is it brings people together from different backgrounds and people you didn't know. And it's something too that it, we as women in this agricultural community can really help lead mm-hmm. and just do. So that happened. 
and then the rebuilding, literally. Yeah, yeah. So then we had, and it, it was the hardest part was just having to sit over the winter time and look at the destruction because it was November. They couldn't, they bury barns. And that was a whole polar vortex too. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Frozen. It was, it was, well, and then, so that was in November. In January, I had all my hay stored uh, in a barn. And then I was, I was going to a cooking demonstration. I looked at the entrance of the barn. It looked a little bowed. And I came back and it split. And I thought, I better get my skid steer because we had so much snow on the roof. So I got my skid steer. I started taking bales of hay out. And the last bale, well, no, I, I, I guess there was three left in there. So almost on the last bale, it just went completely collapsed. And I thought, well, I'm glad I got me and my skid steer out of there, <laughs> if nothing else. And so that was a bummer. And I said, well, it's okay. We're insured. Well, we're not insured for snowfall. <laughs> I oh, found yes. out Act after our yes. second <laughs> building went down. And then our winter housing for the cows went down. And so I just kept thinking, my poor cows are probably like, what is going on here? What is this lady doing to us? I mean, really, like, what else could happen? But we just, I mean, it was just complete devastation. And it, it, it was just kind of like, what, you have to just let go. And you have to kind of say, laugh and say, well, there you go. <laughs> what are you going to do? And um, then from the start, did you want to rebuild or was yes. there? Okay. Oh, from the, yeah. like the very day. The very day I was, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to call up some contractors and get this going because I need to, I love cows. Uh, I love being on my farm. I love walking through the pastures. I like fencing fence. I need, for me to be able to be alive, I need to be a farmer. It's just something that I have to do. And so I really um, can sympathize with all, a lot of those farmers now that are, we have, farmers have the highest suicide rate. No. I mean, I can't imagine and losing... Through losing farms. Yeah. Losing your farm, losing your, your identity, history. It's your identity. It really is. So I knew that I was going to rebuild right away. And it just took... Uh, it took some time. A lot of the farms in our area lost a lot of barns over the wintertime. So it was just the resources of getting people in here, getting the excavator in here, all those other things. Everybody was just really busy. So now it's October... And hopefully we'll be finished before it starts snowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope. A year later. Almost today. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes a while. And that's another thing is it's okay if it takes a while. It's that's just natural. I was thinking a lot, boy, this is taking too long. And, and I was, I was embarrassed about how, like, why isn't it done yet? Or what am I doing wrong that it's not done yet? Things take time. It just is a process. And just accepting that it's a process was really helpful for me instead of saying, I'm losing money every day. This barn's not up. <laughs> and I want every, you know, please, you guys get here because I'm losing money every day. I just had to say, okay, uh, what is, what am I going to learn from this situation? And so it's opening next spring for the cheese side. And the creamery now can be designed how you want it, right? There are, I would say, the, yeah, perks to tragedy, but there are outcomes. There, there is that well, wouldn't have happened otherwise, yeah. right? In any situation, but and it's fine. You know, that's the thing is you have to you have to see the the icing on the cake. And our barn that we'd been milking in was over a hundred years old. It had a lot of nooks and crannies. It had a lot of space that we didn't use. We didn't need, and we were constantly trying to fixed walls so they wouldn't fall in or do this or do that. So now we have a barn that's custom designed for what we want to do. It's custom designed for our micro dairy and our micro cheese business. And it all sort of, you know, works together. So it's really, and plus, you know, I guess this was the other thing is it was never really my barn. It was 
It came with the place. It came with the place. So it was the farmer who was here for his whole life. And people, if you ask them now, they'll, they'd always say, oh, you live at Marvin Thompson's place. Are you, that's Marvin Thompson's barn. And now, I mean, I guess this is a little selfish, but now it can be my barn. It is definitely your <laughs> barn from the ground up. And as we were talking about in earlier episodes with what you're doing here with a small scale micro dairy as a viable business operation, it's really going to be a model and yeah. something for people to see and visualize what they could do on their own farm. Yeah. And here's the the other thing that I want to mention is while I've been doing this, I have coffee with my neighbors, the dairy farmers who are all 70 plus men. And they are always saying, and I love these guys, but they're always saying, well, that's really risky. What if it doesn't work out? What if it does? Well, what if it doesn't? I'll never know until I try. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But if I don't try something, it my farm's already done for. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, well, what if I have to take this big risk? Take it. What if it doesn't work? Your life is going to go on. Uh, but what if you never tried? And yeah. that's what I keep telling myself is, hey, maybe it won't work out. I don't know. But I'll never know unless I try. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You don't want to let those those feelings go. It's interesting when you look at the ag census numbers of new women farmers it's really growing amongst women in their 40s and 50s midlife who are starting new farms and primarily the smaller scale, locally focused operations. And it's so interesting talking to these women because it's exactly that. It's, I've had this dream and maybe it's going back to their family farm and reinventing things, or maybe it's new property or something in between. But in some cases, you get to the point of your life where you're like, hey, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. So do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And there's something about farming. I mean, you know this. It's just, it's incredible. It's incredible to be able to do that and to see your work and to just be in that space. And I love that I don't really have to drive to work unless I'm going to work for one of my other jobs. I love being here. I love just, I love the energy that I've created in the space. And I will try tooth and nails fighting to never give that up. Yeah. And what, what have you learned personally through the fire? I mean, how are you a different person, a different farmer, or I'm going to say different, but you know, I mean, lessons learned. Well, you know, I learned it's okay to, to have a meltdown every once in a while. I mean, I think it's so many people were like, well, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And so part of me for a long time felt like, well, I can't be sad and I have this. to be okay because I everybody's to, yeah. 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 But I yeah. was like, man, I lost all those memories and that, I mean, it, having that space and really the, when my fire happened, it was the fires in California were happening. And I was just like, well, I can't really feel bad about what's happening here. I mean, when you put it on in perspective, but then there was that time when it was like, well, I want to grieve what I lost out there sure. or, or that the fact that I'm the breadwinner of my family and now my business just completely burned down. I was stressed out already. What am I going to do? And I spent, uh, there, you know, I think it's okay to break down. Yeah. And just put lock the door in the bathroom or something and get in the tub and just cry it out and then say, okay, deep breath, getting back. And I think I learned that it's it's okay to do that. It's and taking care of yourself in a way yeah, you need to. It's, it's not being weak. It's just saying, all right, now's the time I need to get this done. And then I can go back out and say, you're right. It's a blessing in disguise, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you do come back stronger because when somebody is hit with something as – as much of a curveball and as much of a tragedy as you had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, the story too is very inspiring to others because when people see other people, other women bounce back, bounce back stronger, 
that really does help because uh, it, to your point, it makes the day-to-day things that stress us out in perspective, yeah. right? Um, but to your point too, we need to have our, our, our community in place and our support structures in place so that when something hits, which it will to all of us, right? Oh, in for sure. some way or another, hopefully you're done now, but uh, we, we can be strong through it. Yeah. But there was the other things I learned, uh, not emotionally uh, what I learned from the fire. One thing that uh, the things that I've really taken away from this is this spring when all the cow, I calf seasonally. So I, everybody calves in the spring and I didn't have a place. I couldn't hand, I, tr- well, I thought I was gonna be able to hand milk 10 cows in my little tiny garage. That was the only building standing. And I realized that, uh, I'm really not strong <laughs> like my grandmother was when she had about 10 cows every day. And so I just let the cows start nursing off the cows like they do with the beef industry. Oh, my goodness. Do I have the healthiest calves? Oh. <laughs> it is amazing. They already know about the fences. They know what's electric, what's not. They play together, Lisa. It is so fun. To, and I've never been like this before. I've always been, hey, take the calf from the cow after 24 hours. Uh, you know, it's it's better that way. And so what I've learned just as a practicality with farming is having that dairy, it's so much nicer being able to have mother nature, just do what mother nature does, have that cow raise that calf. Life-changing for me. (laughs) So if the fire had to happen for me to learn that, it's, hey, okay. (laughs) That's incredible. But yeah, who knew? In your garage. There you go. That's great. Thank you, Inga. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots Project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.